0: Because you may not feel at the moment that you feel like you have any awareness or or awakening to what God's doing. So, I mean, you guys, I, I say this all the time, but what we do in our times of praise and adoration, sometimes you're declaring truths to God because you're singing that in response. And sometimes you're here, and it's just you hearing those lyrics. And so it's actually getting your attention at the same time that you're trying to declare those words back to God. So never never forsake our times of worship. They're, they're awesome, meaningful times. Um, I want to give you guys a, a few quick announcements, and then we're going to dive right into our, our passage um, in, our, in our series. But um, but really what I wanted you guys to know of is really just three quick announcements. One is is that this weekend is a missions expo for our church. And there's two things I wanted you guys to be aware of of that. One is, is if you want to go on other missions trips, they have all the information out for all the missions trip for for our church that weekend. Um, Secondly, our Mexico team has a table out for that weekend. And one of the things we're doing is we're collecting coins to raise money for the trip. So that just means go grab all your pennies and your nickels and your dimes and the stuff that you know you hate holding on to or you're not going to use and come and drop that into all the cans of all the people going on the Mexico trip. Um, there's also a bunch of other goods and needs that we have for the trip that if you want, um, there's going to be a list out of that table of stuff that you can bring and donate. Um, Hume Lake is full, our summer camp. Um, we have 80 people going plus 18 staff. Um, but we wanted you to know a couple other things, a couple other options. One is, is we actually got four spots to their discipleship camp called Wildwood this year as well. It's a smaller camp that's got only like 80 people at it, and it's really more focused on going a lot deeper. And so if you're somebody that signed up for the main camp, but you're interested in talking about the Wildwood camp, please talk to me because, one, it's $100 cheaper. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Two, um, it's, it's, it's actually that time to go a little bit deeper and get a, a richer, more focused experience. Um, but three, it also opens up our spots because although we have 80 people going, we already have eight people on the waiting list. And if you're still interested in going to Hume, you can still go online and register just to get on the waiting list. Another option you have is that the same week that we go to Hume, FCA does a camp out at UC Davis for everybody involved in sports. And so that's something that if you can't go to Hume because it's full or you can't afford it, Um, this is a little bit cheaper, and often there are scholarships specifically for this. So these are on the back if you want more information about that. Um, Last announcement has to do with what's going to be going on with this little baby right here. So we're going to take a little hiatus, a little break from doing our impossible shots with the cards for a couple months, but we're going to be doing something different for the next two or three months, and it's called Love Thy Staff. Okay, so what we're going to have you guys do is... um, is for the next two months, two and a half months, we want you guys to start getting to know your volunteer staff better, to love on them. And so this means take them out to lunch, buy them a coffee, um, encourage them, say something nice about their clothes, even if they don't look good. You know, like, 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 do different things. Maybe maybe there's a staff that you don't know them very well, and you're going to go like, I don't even know anything about one of my own staff leaders. Maybe you're somebody that you're newer here, and it's a chance that you're actually invited to go up and ask them questions about themselves. Ask them how they're doing. Ask them what's going on. Pray for them. But your idea here is for the next two months, you're going to love on your staff, and then what's going to happen is weekly, the staff are going to nominate Those of you that have been showing love the most distinctly, and whoever wins that nomination gets the impossible shot for that week. So we're going to be filling this up every week with lots of stuff, and you win just by loving on your staff. So my question is, is do you guys accept the challenge? Yes? I don't know if I'm very convinced. Do you guys want to win stuff? Do you guys want to be kind to people? Do you want to love adults in your life? All right. Well, then let's do this. Love thy staff. So we want to see you go the extra mile. Bless them. Be awesome with them. Um, let the games begin. We'll see who starts tonight out loving. Kayla's already hugging on Shannon. But see, she does that anyways, so you don't have to nominate her for doing what she already does. You want them to go above and beyond, like Buca de Beppo. That's above and beyond, so. All right, let's talk about serving habits. So for the last two weeks, we've been going through this new series called Serving Habits, talking about the reality of how our habits and our disciplines that we set into our lives are meant to make a huge difference. And we talked about that when it comes to to serving, why should anyone serve, and why should it become a habit and a regular activity in your life? You know, and, and I'm talking about those of us here that you have professed, a belief in Jesus Christ, you claim that this following the way of Christianity is real, you have to deal with the question of, do I serve? Why do I serve? Do I do ministry? And we talked about how that's rooted in identity. We talked about 2 Corinthians 5, 14, and 15, and realizing that you no longer live to your dead ex-self. Because of what Jesus did, you live a new life to God and you live a new life to God and his purpose. And God's goal and aim has always been to bless all of those he has created in his image. Not just a select few, but all people. That purpose has never changed and God has continually realigned and reoriented people's courses to bless all nations and all people. And he wants everybody that claims to love him and follow him and be like him to be a part of his mission. And his mission is that you would serve and minister to all people. And if you guys remember, there's a statement that we've been using that we've been working off of on the series by a guy named Warren Wiersbe. Where he says, service and ministry happens when God's resources meet human needs through loving channels to the glory of God. And so two weeks ago, we talked about God's resources, and we talked about that reality of exploring that and realizing that only God alone understands the full scope of everyone's needs. He alone has the resources to meet everyone's needs. And if you guys look in the back at those white pieces of paper in your small groups, you spent time in small groups figuring out what are the resources God has simply put in a small group of youth in our city. Because he has put resources all across this room, and every single person, and together we are able to be distributors, channels of God's resources. And then last week, Brett talked to you guys about meeting human needs, learning that we can't be blind to people and just live our own life. We need to relearn how to open our eyes and our ears and have an alert common sense to see what could you learn by simply listening and paying attention. And and there's kind of two phrases that... um that are great ones to ask, that when we get to that point of going, how do I meet human needs, there's really two questions you can always ask. One is simply the thing that draws you back to God's resources, and you go, Lord, what do you want me to do? That is the most basic question that has to do with meeting human needs, is you have to ask God. You know what people need. You know the resources they need. So, Lord, what do you want me to do? And then the second one comes out of Acts 3, where Peter and John go up to a crippled man at the temple, and he's asking for alms. And Peter looks him right in the face and he says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. And he ends up healing the man in the name of Jesus Christ. And the guy gets up and walks. Okay, now those two phrases, Lord, what do you want me to do in saying, what I do have, I give you, help us with learning. How do you meet the real human needs of everyone that you encounter every day and then also people globally? Lord, what do you want me to do? What I do have, I give you. And then tonight, you guys, we're talking about that third piece. How do you be loving channels of this service and this ministry? Because that idea of loving channels, this is what defines our role. But even more importantly, it gives us our motivation. It gives us the motivation for our service. Because the motivation, the reason why you meet human needs, the reason why you serve and minister to people can only be because of Christ's love. If you guys remember the first week, I talked about how Muslims do missions and ministry. Atheists do missions and ministry. Communists do mission and ministry. So what is distinctive about the service and ministry we do? Well, it has to do with the motivation of it, and that's Jesus Christ's love. Anything less won't meet needs. Anything less will not glorify God. And so we have to look at our motivation. And when it comes to loving people and trying to minister to people and serve people, the people that you will serve may not deserve what you're doing. They can have problems. They can be problems. And that's where the model of love becomes a model of grace. It becomes this undeserved compassion and this goodwill. It shows that there is something greater behind your action. You're not just another person doing a small thing you are somebody modeling something deeper this is a great love one of my favorite passages you guys and it's actually the first sermon i ever preached is on first john 4 19 to 20 where where john writes we love because he first loved us and then he says a statement that always blows me away he says if anyone says he loves god and yet hates his brother he is a liar Because how can you say you love God who you cannot see when you can't even love your brother who you can? But the thing I like about that verse is that reality that he says, you learned love from God first. God initiated this love. He seized us. He grabbed us. He took the first step. There was a song by a group at Hume Lake from years ago, Everybody Duck, that they had this lyric that they said, I've been seized by the power of this great affection, taken captive by the size and scope of your amazing love. I'm so incapacitated that you'd send it my direction. You fill me up with your huge love like a hand inside a glove. That's a cool metaphor. That God fills us with his love. He initiates it. and You have to understand, God has shown love in more ways than just one. He created us, which is an act of love, and he loved his creation. He maintains that love despite our failures. That is a huge love. Because a lot of people will drop you the minute you screw up, and that's what will show you how deep or how wide their love is. But God's love is so amazing and so broad that he doesn't just start it, but he continues it even when you rebel. He continues it even when you fail. He continues it even when you are doing the sinful things over and over and over again. But he even made the ultimate sacrifice of love. Jesus Christ dying on the cross, saying, I love you enough that I will sacrifice my son so that you can be right with me. And so Jesus didn't just feel love for us. He modeled love. He gave us the capacity and the capability of living and showing love. And one of the things you have to understand is that when we talk about being a loving channel, we're not talking about having more emotional love for people. We're not talking about you just being more loving. Right? Because when we say that in our world and culture, that word means nothing anymore. You love Pop-Tarts. You love the people in Mexico. That's it's the same thing. Right? And so you have to talk about what in the world does loving people mean? Loving people in scripture, in God's point of view, has always been a mentality and an attitude of love that's carried out in action. The actual definition means to seek after the good and welfare of another person. Now that's a lot more than just being nice. That's a lot more than just giving somebody a dollar. To seek after the welfare and good of another person means that you have to be So much more connected to people. And again, you cannot do that unless it's on a stronger and great footing. God's love that's been modeled. And so most of us, we need a change of attitude about love more than we need more opportunities to love. Because there's a lot of opportunities. You guys get forced by your school to do community service hours. Our government, our social system, our cultural system sets it up that we believe it's a civil duty to do acts of kindness and help people. But they don't care about whether or not there's any love underneath this. But a lot of us, we need that, that root work at our heart. One of the reasons why I think this is so important is because of something Jesus said in John 13, 34, and 35, where Jesus said, they will know you are my disciples, you are my followers, if you love one another. He did not say they will know you are my disciples if you go to church and you go to youth group. He did not say they will know you are my disciples if you read your Bible daily. He did not say they will know you are my disciples if you're really good at praying. He says the way others will see that this is real is when you actually seek out after the good and welfare of other people. Now that is the verse that John grabbed onto and he wrote a whole letter to a church in Ephesus about it. And you know why? Why? Because only 30 years after Jesus had risen from the dead and the church had been going, loving others had already in 30 years fallen to the back burner. It's not a priority for people. Even back then. And think about where we're at today. If I were to ask you how you're doing spiritually, how you're doing in your Christian walk, we always will say, well, I want to read my Bible more. I want to pray a little bit more. Or we'll look at how frequently we're at church. But if I were to say, how well are you loving people? A lot of you guys wouldn't know how to answer. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm nice. I, my friend, I'm really to our friends. But you guys, remember Jesus took this so much farther. And he says, this isn't just loving your friends and your family when you feel like it. This is a love that goes so far that you start loving your enemies. (laughs) You start doing good to those who hate you. That's a love that's way different. And so one of the things I realized when I understand this aspect of, of being a loving channel is that this love is not a natural ability. It's a supernatural quality that only God can provide. Because only God's kind of love will help you wrestle with the question of who deserves God's grace and love and why. Humanly, we would limit that love to just the people we like, to just the people that we are friends with. But Jesus asks us to do more. Jesus asks us to love all people. Jesus asks us to be a loving channel to all people. And thus, one of the things that we have to do is we have to pray fervently, that means passionately, for God to increase our love for others. You want to know something interesting about the New Testament? Paul wrote 14 letters. In every single letter, he wrote, I pray or I ask that your love would increase more and more. Every single church no matter how screwed up or how good they were, he said, this is one of the things you have to work on. You need more love for each other because that's always going to be the hardest thing to focus on and be a challenge. So we have to pray in that same passion for our love to increase rather than asking God to change everyone. Because isn't that what we do? Is if you don't like how somebody's doing, our default is, God, will you change them because they are just so jacked up And they're the one with the problem, God. Rather than going, God, you need to teach me how to love that person more and more. Hey, you guys, I've been in ministry for 12 years now. I have to pray that prayer all the time. Because there are times when you encounter people and you go, that person is jacked. That person has this issue or this issue or this problem. And and you don't know what to do on a human level. And all you can do is go, God, I need you to show me how to love these people and care for them way more than I ever could on my own. In Ephesians 4.32, Paul ends up writing to the people. He says, be kind to one another, even if they're not kind to you. Be tender hearted, even if they hurt you. Forgive one another, even as Christ forgave you. He gives you this instruction to go, this is how you can live within a group of people, and how you can live within the world if you can learn how to be a loving channel. And you have to understand that God often allows problem people to come into your life so that you'll learn to depend more on his power and his resources to love. God is as concerned about those who are his servants as he is about the service. Because you have to understand, if all God wanted to do was get the work done of loving people and meeting people's needs, he could send his angels to do it better and faster. Right? If God is the one that can make bread fall from heaven, if God is the one that can raise people from the dead, he could do anything he wants to meet people's needs, but he has a purpose and a reason of using people that want to be more like him, that want to follow him, that declare love to him, to be shaped by being that loving channel to go and serve or minister to someone's needs. God wants to shape us in this. So being loving channels nourishes us. For the one being used by God to love is blessed as they are used. That's why one of the statements we're saying in every week of this isn't just that one of God's resources meet human needs through loving channels to the glory of God. We're also saying those who serve together grow together. Because the more you do this, the more you open yourself up to try this, the more you live this out, the more you start changing. And so as a small group and as a community, not just as an individual, we have to determine what does a loving channel look like that has this motivation and this understanding? What do you do? What do you say? Who are the examples? What in the world does it look like to seek after the good and welfare of another, to care greatly, and to do good for them? I'm not going to answer that question for you. I'm actually getting tired of having to be the person to tell people how to do it. And I'm not getting tired because I don't want to do it. I'm just realizing that you guys know. You just need to talk out loud more about it. You need to practice it more together. And so in your small groups, you're going to talk about that. What in the world does that actually look like for our small group, our group, to be a loving channel? How do you have interest In people's lives? How do you have care in people's struggles? How do you celebrate with them? How do you weep with them? How do you actively look for the loving work that you can do? Remembering that you're not out to fix people or to save them, it's God resources that do that. It's just saying, God, I'm a spiritual funnel, and through me, I can love people no matter how they respond. Knowing the love of God that has worked in me and that I want to pour out. And so that's part of our question to you tonight is, how in the world do you be a loving channel? And why? So we're going to break out in our small groups and you're going to talk about that. So freshmen, sophomore, juniors, seniors, get in your group, then head out. So what I meant is you go to those corners to meet your class. Freshmen in this corner, sophomores in the back, juniors in the back, seniors in the front.